Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity um, hanging out in Denver on a almost 60 degree day. I just heard my husband come in to go for a run at lunchtime. Oh, man. We had a, um, we're recording this in March and we had one beautiful day of sunshine and now it's back to rainy, but, um, but the flowers are blooming. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, You're good with, well, and you didn't have to run today, right? Cause you went, to, went I did to not. Today. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I thought about that when I got in the car to drive to um, boot camp. I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not running today. It's raining. Um, so, yeah, so I went back to the refinery, um, which is where I take strength training class after, gosh, I can't even count, maybe four weeks, maybe five weeks off. And um, it started, I started, I started not going. I, I stopped going um, because <laughs> my, because uh, my knee, I was having that knee calf issue. And then also when I fell on, um, I now realize it was my husband's birthday that I fell on that frozen fog. Um, I really tweaked my wrist a little more than I care to admit. And it had been feeling good, but now it's been feeling a little bad again. And in my regular life, unless I'm like pushing up from sitting on the floor or something, I don't notice it too much. But then when I got to class, I was like, oh yeah, my wrist, it really hurts when I try to do a push up, when I do a plank, when I try to walk like an inchworm, you know, all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So I was having to um, modify or go rogue, as Ashley says, the instructor, um, so, but it felt, it felt nice. I got in some lateral movements, um, you know, worked on my upper body a little bit. Um, so yeah, it felt, it felt nice to be back there. Nice. I just got back to Pilates, um, right before this. I always want to say I'm like aligned and well, um, when I say I'm in Denver because <laughs> my Pilates class is from, we, we record this at 12 o'clock my time and Pilates is from 1030 to 1130. So I literally leave there, come home, usually grab a quick sandwich and, and then jump on, on the podcast. And, uh, and so I, I haven't been to Pilates, um, Oh, I was there last Monday. So it's been, you know, probably oh. 10 days and my neck has been, you know, kind of clenched and I'm like, Oh, it hurts so much. And I don't know how, you know, a neck is a hard thing to release yourself. You know, you can't really foam roll it so well. <laughs> you know, but I want I, video of you trying. Okay. I know. So if, I get, if you get video of me trying then I get video of you walking like an inchworm, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that should just be a blog post in and of itself. Here's Sarah doing the inchworm. I am so un-inchworm capable. I mean, to, well, and, I mean, that's kind of why I'm asking for the video, truth oh, be told. Oh, I know. But so the studio is, um, it's a rectangle and we have to inchworm the um, long way. And um, Ashley has us, has all, all of us kind of line up um, in rows. And this morning I just was like falling so far behind. And inchworm means you're you have your hands on the ground and you have your feet on the ground and then you kind of walk your legs as close to your arms as you can, which for me means nowhere near your arms. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, it was just like everyone else is so far ahead of me. And then I just thought, you know what? 
I'm in control here. Like I'm, I'm paying to be here. So if I want to, I'm going to stand up and walk to the other end. So I did. (laughs) So I said, forget this inchworm stuff. I'm just walking. Uh, Every, every inchworm counts. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the first or last inchworm, Sarah, we we value every inchworm. No, I mean, I was going to be, I'd still be there trying to get to the other end. All right. So it probably won't go viral on YouTube. We probably won't see a million hits of another mother run of Sarah doing the inchworm, but, uh, but you know, never know we yeah. may even put some music to it maybe if you do the, um <laughs> what was that one that went went, went uh was it call me maybe that like, like the harvard baseball team and yes, all those ones yeah. oh yeah in the u.s i mean yeah so yeah. maybe if you do a little call me maybe in the, in the middle of that <laughs> there we go there we're going go. on yeah yeah so you, okay so you're t- so you haven't been foam rolling your neck but um oh yeah no it's like i went to pilates i mean it just feels good it's it's crazy you lie there i mean i lie on these like different balls i like move my hips do little like clocks you know <laughs> I mean, it's nothing, you know, my, the Pilates class that I go to is very much about like kind of going inward and focusing in on these body parts that I don't even know. Like there's like the middle disc in your spine, like doesn't hinge. And I don't know, I'm going to give the wrong information. So I can't, I won't go on, but it's very, very um, cerebral. Uh There's our word cerebral. There's our word, our hard word. I think I pronounced it right though. Um, And, um, and uh, it's just very, very low key. I mean, it's not like I leave like, wow, that was a great workout, but I just feel like, you know, I'm, I am the height that I'm supposed to be and my neck doesn't hurt anymore. And, you know, everything kind of just comes into alignment and it's crazy that, you know, just kind of the small movements and the small thoughts that they give us do that. But that's why I guess a good Pilates instructor is so gifted. Yeah. Yeah. All those little things add up to one big dimity McDowell. Exactly. <laughs> one six foot four dimity. Um, but, but it's enough about us, us plebeians, us, you know, who uh, are just oh, like. Oh, 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 there's a word. It's plebeian. Are you sure? <laughs> Okay, we're gonna have to do it. Um, Throw it out the gauntlet. Sarah, Sarah, you got it. Oh yeah, I got it. Hold on one second. Plebeian. Plebeian. You hear that? All right. Plebeian. Is that is that is that means lowly people, right? It does, or it means kind of um, common people, uh, a member. Oh, look at that, a member of the common people. And I wasn't even looking when I said that. It's because um, I distinctly remember learning that word when I was in tenth grade. And, you were studying um, for the SATs. Yeah, and uh, well, no, oh no, it was in class. It was in history class with um, Mr. Scrunk, and um, I have since said that I used it in a sentence as um, bowling is a very plebeian sport, and I'm just how many how many bowlers did I just insult? You sound, yeah, and I was going to say you sound very arrogant right now, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Very, you know, Downton Abbey. I live on the top floor. Um, so anyway, so enough about us is what I was trying to say in a very long, long, long roundabout way. Um, because we have the awesome, awesome, amazing, what other, you know, astonishing, alive, active um, Kara Goucher on the program today. And we are just so honored to have her on. And um, we're just so excited to talk to her. And without any further ado, welcome to the show, Kara Goucher. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. So, um, so I want to start by saying that um, you typically would have been here um, in the the studio in Portland because this is um, your home turf, but uh, you're training in Colorado Springs. So um, tell us why you're in um, the Springs and uh, what was on tap for your workout today? Um, I'm in the Springs. My coach kind of wanted to do you know, I, this is my third marathon with Jerry Schumacher and each one's been really different, the training and the preparation. And the first one, we didn't do any altitude. The second one, we did like a little base phase 
and then came back to Portland for two months. Um, and this time he kind of wanted to do altitude all the way through, but he didn't decide that until I had already like booked a ticket home, um, in February. So I was here for, uh, five and a half weeks and then I went home for two weeks and then I just got back here. So then I'll be here pretty much until like 10 days out from Boston. So I'm just, yeah, turning up in the mountains and it's, it's been fine. You know, it's just, uh, I'm always up for trying something new. And so, I just had to wrap my head around the fact that I was like only going to be home for two weeks until the Boston Marathon. But once I got over that, it's it's been good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's, are you living in the Olympic Training Center, or did you guys rent a house, or did you have your family there, or how does it all work? Yeah. So the first time I was here, the entire team was here, and they were all staying at the Olympic Training Center. But um, kids are not allowed there, so mm-hmm. we rented oh. a house. Yeah, we rented a house like a mile down the road. It was kind of funny because my teammates were like oh my gosh, it's so easy to train here. Like breakfast, lunch, and dinner is just made for you. And I was like, yeah, I still have to go to the store and cook for my family, you know, but, um, like I still have a real life, but, uh, it was fine, but I, I like to stay a little higher. So we were staying at just a mile from the training center at 6,300 feet. And I figure if I'm going to be here training so hard, I might as well get like the kickback from my blood volume. And I didn't get great results. So when my coach said he wanted to come back, I was like, that's fine, but I want to stay higher. So I'm actually staying in monument now. So about oh, 30 wow. minutes. Yeah. About 30 minute drive from the training center. Wow. And yeah, so, yeah, the, yeah. so then you like fold laundry at altitude and, and carry yeah, cold yeah. up and downstairs. <laughs> oh yeah. So we're up at, we're up at 7,500 feet now. And I feel like I, my body will respond, you know, I'll be more tired, but I'll respond better to this little bit higher ele- elevation. Wow. So are you running at 7,500 feet or are you, um, or are you going down to train near the, the training center? So I do like this morning we did, um, just an e- easy 88 minute shakeout cause we have a hard workout tomorrow. So, um, did do our more substantial run more at like 6,500 to 6,000 feet. And then our second run of the day, I tend to just do from here. There's actually a lot of great, um, dirt roads here in monuments. So my second run I've been doing up here quite a bit, but my big bulky run, I tried to do a little bit lower. And I'm just curious, why 88 minutes? Why an 88 minute shakeout run? Like, wouldn't you route it up tonight? <laughs> um, well, so this is something I had to get used to when I started running for Jerry, but he does, he doesn't care really how, how many miles you run. He cares how many minutes you've run. So he counts everything for the women in eight minute mile segments, which is funny because we run like normally 645 pace or whatever, you know, but, um, uh-huh. I count everything as an eight minute mile. So when I say I ran 115 miles that week, I actually ran 115 or 115 eight minute segments. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. It took a really long time for me to get used to because I was like, well, I actually ran 12 miles today and I only get to count it as 10, you know, like I'm getting ripped off. But he, then he explained to me, like for him, he wants to know how many minutes I spent on my feet and he wants me to put in X amount of time on my feet being a marathoner. And some days, you know, some days I can run slow and and that's okay. And some days I'll run faster, but he still wants to make sure I'm getting that time on my feet. And it, it definitely took me a while to get used to it. Like in my logbook, when I first joined the team, I had real miles and Jerry miles in my logbook. Like <laughs> I'm getting ripped off here, you know, but then finally I just gave into the system and I actually enjoy it now because I don't worry about how long a loop is or like how many miles is this? I just go and run on my, for the time on my watch. Wow. There you go. Yeah, I ride my, I round mine up to ten minute miles. I have ten minute miles, but I don't do it by that. But yeah, so I usually get about seven fifteen, and then I, you know, and then I say oh, it's a ten minute mile. Right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you're getting ripped off too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so you're training. You mentioned that you're training for Boston. So, in Boston, will be marathon number what for you? Lucky number seven. Mm, Woo! I'm hoping. Very good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's your how many times back to Boston? Is it your 
this will be my third time in Boston. Third time in Boston. Okay. Yeah. And how's, how's training going? It's good. You know, I, some runners can kind of be like at a high level all the time. And that is not me. I can hold a high level for, you know, four, six weeks max. And then I just start to feel really kind of fried. And I think that was a little bit of a a learning mistake leading into the Olympics. I was just super excited. I was training with Shalane. Um, and I was just ready to go a little bit too early, I think. And so I, I had a little injury this fall that was bothering me and I decided to finally just take the time and, and get over it. And it doesn't hurt me at all anymore, but I definitely, during that time, I would run 80 minutes a day max and, and, and I only ran once, um, just in the morning. So starting January 1st, I came up to altitude with my teammates and I mean, I was just getting my like ass hammered every day. I mean, it was like so embarrassing. So January was kind of like uh, a little bit of a scary month, but things in February have really started to come around. And now I feel like my legs are under me and I have, you know, just under six weeks to go. So I feel really good about where I'm at, but I've learned that I'm, you know, every runner is really different. And I definitely am a runner that needs to cycle down and cycle back up. Hmm. And Shalane is very different. She's like very level. She's always within like a few seconds of her PR. And so (laughs) just kind of learning like how to train together, you know, because we are really, we are really different. That doesn't mean we can't help each other, but we are definitely different athletes. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. And, um, Adam, uh, your husband, uh, told me in an email that you all just did a, um, 26 mile training run on Sunday. How, how did that end up going? It went great. You know, the, the workout was 26 miles at a comfortable pace and, um, it went great for me. I felt really good. And in fact, I made I made Shalane run the full marathon. Like we got to 26 miles and I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Like (laughs) we should just finish it off. And so, uh, we ran the whole thing between like 6,000 and uh, 6,300 feet and we ran 302 for the marathon. Already then. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm I'm glad you took it. it. I'm glad you took it easy, Kara. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. I felt really good. And, and we've had a couple easy days now to recover and then we're going hard again tomorrow. And so I'm just curious, where did you go? I mean, I used to live in the Springs and we've got a lot of Colorado listeners. I'm I'm like, where's your favorite place to run? Well, I mean, I really like running up by Palmer Lake and the trails up there, but, um, we had just gotten snow, so it wasn't that great. So we started at, we just ran the whole thing on the Santa Fe trail and we started at like Woodman and Adam met us five miles in and we did our fluids. And then we ran down to, um, just like the main bulk there by CC and then mm-hmm. at that point we we're like 10 miles and then we went down even south a little more and back and then we were at 16 miles and then we just did small loops um to finish it up and yeah i mean it i was after the run i was like that was great i felt amazing i don't want to run here for a couple of days and then ironically <laughs> we got like dumped with snow and we had to go down there and run again so but it it was good awesome awesome and so um so you can answer this as honestly as you want but what are your goals for boston um Well, I mean, my goal is always to run the best marathon that I'm capable of. And, you know, there's a a 219 women in the race and Shalane in the race and some other people that I probably have never even thought of that'll step up on that day. But, you know, I I always dream big and I just feel like I may not be the most talented person. I may not be the fastest person, but I do feel like I'm a smart racer and I feel like anything can happen, especially in the marathon. So like the number one goal is to, to run the best marathon I've run so far in my career, but I'd be lying if I said, you know, I, I'm not hoping that's good enough to win. Of course you want to. Yeah. I mean, that, I, just yeah. Didn't want, I, mean, I didn't want to put those words in your mouth, but yeah, I, I, that's the dream, I, you know, 
I saw your Twitter picture yesterday. What what was that from again? Was it Jim Carrey or something? Yeah, it was I, from Dumb and Dumber. And I had seen someone else had put it up about something else. And I was like, God, that just described me so much. Like, you know, I, I my workouts in January were so pathetic. And yet I still was like, <laughs> oh, if I can just get out of this slump, I'll have a chance, you know? And that kind of sums me up. Like, I just believe that there's a chance. And, and I really believe like, that's all you need. And you know, more times than not, you're probably, you might not get it, but there is that one time where maybe it's going to work out and you believed and you took that chance and, you know, all you need is that chance and just capitalize on it. Wow. Kind of, kind of speechless after listening to you say that. Um, uh, (laughs) and, and, um, that's just really, uh, gives, gives a lot of heart. Um, but so we, um, the good thing is that we don't have to ask the questions cause we fielded them from Twitter. Um, so, um, we put a call out there on Twitter. So we're going to start in with those. Um, so Terry Toffelmeyer, and I'm hoping I'm saying her name, um, wants to turn the clock back a few years with a three part question of, um, how much did you run or push while you were pregnant? How far into your pregnancy did you run? And when did you feel good again? Postpartum? So, um, I was really conservative through my first trimester. I ran every day, but never more than like 40 minutes because I just had worked so hard to get pregnant. I didn't want to risk anything. Um, and then once I got the green light, I kind of, Paula was in town, Paula Radcliffe and Mm -hmm. she was pregnant as well. And she had trained pretty, pretty hard to her first pregnancy with Isla. So once I got the green light, I think like the first day that I got the green light, we went and like hammered 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And afterwards I was having like, kind of contractions. And I was like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. You know, like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. But, um, I started to feel better during my second trimester as well. And I kind of started to get, I don't know, like a little aggressive. And I ended up working my way up to like an 80 mile week. And I did a couple of those. And then my back started to get really sore and I went in and had an MRI and I had like a hairline fracture. And so that was kind of a wake up call. Like, you know, you're a mom right now first. And so after that, I, I backed off, but I still ran through the whole thing. And the the day that I went into labor, I ran, I told Adam, I feel amazing today. I ran 50 minutes and we lifted weights. And, and then I was like, I, we should do something. We should go to a movie. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know, what? I think I need a nap. And I think it was my body getting ready for like, you know, I went into labor, I was admitted to the hospital at midnight. So, um, but I did run through the whole thing, but I have to say it was, when I say like, yeah, I ran 50 minutes that day. I mean, I ran this out and back that takes me now like probably 15 minutes, you know? I mean, it was just very <laughs> slow shuffle. Like my feet, I'm a shuffler anyway, but when I was pregnant, my feet like barely came off the ground. Like I'd trip on a pebble. So <laughs> I did run the whole time, but it was pretty slow at the end. And when, so this is a big thing is when did you feel good again postpartum? I mean, coming back, did you like, when did you run again? you know, after having Colt and then when did you feel like you got, Oh, this is me again. I feel back to the care I used to be. So I started running like a week after, I mean, I waited till I remember the day perfectly because I started walking as soon as I could get out of the hospital. I had like cabin fever and I would put him in his little car seat and then put it on the stroller and take him for a walk. But, um, I remember my mom was there. She flew in when he was a few days old and she was there and I watched him turn a week old. And then I told her, I'm going to go for a walk by myself. And she said, okay. And I knew I was lying because I went in and put like running tights on and running shoes on instead of just like, you know, sweats. And so I knew I was lying. I was like, I know I'm going to try to run right now. Um, And so I just would like walk a couple minutes and then I jogged a couple minutes and I walked a couple minutes and jogged a couple minutes. So, I mean, I guess technically I started running a week out, but I mean, it was pretty slow and I was still you know, 
in pain and uncomfortable at that point. Right. Sure. Um, but uh, my coach at the time was really like, when can you come back to practice? And <laughs> we need to get after it. And I was like, I don't even know my name anymore. Like I was very overwhelmed. <laughs> so it, it took me a while. And I, you know, I ran a lot and I, I got through that period, but I have to be honest, like I hardly remember those first like training for that Boston marathon. Um, I ran Boston when Colt was six and a half months old. And I seriously, I hardly like just hardly remember that because I was just so tired all the time, you know? Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So like people ask me about it and I'm like, I can look at my logbook. I can tell you I was running hundred miles a week. I can tell you when I was nursing and when I stopped, but I like seriously hardly, I hardly remember it <laughs> at all. I was just like in a coma half the time. Um, but I would say like when I really started to feel like myself again was probably when not to discourage anybody, but it was really when he was like nine, 10 months old. Then I started to feel like, Oh, I really felt like myself again. I really felt like I recovered from stuff. I felt like I could push harder. It took a while before I really felt like my, like my old self. Yeah. I don't think that's discouraging. I think that's realistic. You know, yeah. I mean, that's really a smart thing to say coming from you, you know, even though you ran Boston and probably a, a wicked, awesome time, you know, it, you didn't feel like yourself. You couldn't even remember the training. I mean, no, yeah. I, I, it's like, I was just so like in a sleep deprived state for so long. And I just, you know, you just feel worn down. Um, yes. and just a little like weak. And that's how I felt for a really long time. And when he was about nine, 10 months old, I started to feel like myself, like, Oh, I can push again. I feel strong. I feel like I could accept a challenge again. Sure. Sure. And how old is Colt now, Kara? He's, uh, almost two and a half, almost two and a half. So yeah. I got to ask, this is not from Twitter, but are you going to have an, is he going to have a sibling one day? Do you think? You want to that I, again after you just relived it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I go back and forth with it. I definitely don't think I'd do it. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. Bark boxes include all natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let Barkbox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all important chewing preferences. And now on the fifteenth of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com. Dot com slash AMR. That's barkbox.com slash AMR. Woof. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. 
For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. While I'm still competitively running, just because now I'm going to be a little bit older and, you know, I don't know how much more I can run. Um, I, I don't want to be that person that, you know, won't give up on the dream. So I definitely see myself running four more years or so. And I don't, I don't want to do it um, while I'm competitively running, but I have enjoyed it so much. I've enjoyed this process so much. And I, there's a big part of me that wants to do it again. And Colt will be, (laughs) poor Colt will be like seven years older and have to like take a lot of slack around the house. But I think there's a good possibility that that will happen. Oh, no, I think he'll, he'll, you know, he'll enjoy it. He'll he'll be able to help actually, which is, you know, quite a, quite a boon as you probably imagine. Yeah. 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 Well, it be good for us, I guess. Yeah. And he'll be (laughs) proud instead of envious or, you know, asking when you're sending the new little friend back or something, you know, he'll be more welcoming. (laughs) All right, you guys, if he's not nice, I'm going to call on you in six years and be like, you guys, you were wrong. (laughs) You can drop the new baby on my doorstep. It's okay. I know. Yeah. Next time you come to Colorado Springs, just drive on up and I'll take him for all right i'm taking you up on that absolutely so lauren wants to know um how did you change um as a runner after becoming a mom like what like what changed after you had colt i definitely feel stronger um you know i used to struggle even though i ran uh three marathons before i had colt i always struggled with like the just the mileage and and the long runs and things like that and after I had Colt, it took me a while to get my speed back, but I was surprised at how I could just like run 20 miles. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I think part of it was that I did run while I was pregnant. So I feel like, I don't know if this is right or not, but I feel like it kind of strengthened my body during that time because, you know, I gained 40 pounds and then I was running with that extra weight on. So I feel like I'm, I'm stronger, but I mean, mentally, it's just a totally different ball game now because I'm still as passionate, like. I don't want to tell people like, oh, I don't have the same goals and the same dreams. I still have the same goals and dreams. Like I'm still Jim Carrey in that picture that I tweeted the other day. Um, But it just has given me, I have chilled out so much. Like when I'm at practice, I'm hardcore. But the minute I get home, I can just let it go and I can just leave it there. And I couldn't do that in the past. I really would just obsess and churn over stuff and let it eat, eat at me, you know? Yeah. perspective. Huh? That's, yeah. that's, that's what they're best at. Those ankle biters is giving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like Colt's just so excited that I'm home. He doesn't care if I just like rocked out my workout or if I bombed, you know, he's just so excited that I'm there. And it doesn't mean that the desire to win a major and to set American records has diminished. It just means it's just now it's just one part of my life versus everything, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. So from a logistical standpoint, um, Kat, aka at Smushtush, um, is curious how you, yeah, yeah, how you and Adam train and watch Colt. Um, do you have a babysitter? Do you fit in the training around Colt's schedule? So we do have a babysitter in the morning. So we um, have someone that comes. Her, her name is Abby, and she comes at eight thirty in the morning. I leave for practice when I'm at home. I leave at eight o'clock. Um, she comes at eight 30 and then Adam goes and, and runs and, and does some work and things like that. And then she leaves whenever I come home. So some days I just have a run and a quick lift and I'm home at 11. Sometimes I have a long workout. Sometimes I schedule my massage. So I get home anywhere between like 11 and like one or even two. Sometimes I try to schedule 
massage and all that stuff in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I take a quick nap usually while Colt's napping. And then I try to start my second run before he wakes up from his nap. And Adam is there at that point, Mm -hmm. because if, uh, when he wakes up, then I just tend to dilly dally and hang out with him. And then it's even harder to get out the door. So I like to try to leave like right as he's about to wake up or something like that and get my second run in. And Adam watches him during that time. And then, and then we, you know, I come home and make dinner and we all hang out till it's cold it's bedtime. And then Adam and I get a couple hours where I'm usually dozing off and then <laughs> go to bed and start all over again. What, but we couldn't do it without help with Abby. She helps yeah. so much. What's your normal bedtime? I'm just curious, Kara. Um, well, you know, I've changed quite a bit. So I, before I had Cole, I was like a complete night owl. I mean, I would go to bed at like midnight or one o'clock and wow. I would get up at eight 30 at the earliest. And now I'm up at like six 45, seven. And, and part of it is the group I joined the group I joined, you know, we meet at eight 30 and ready to go at eight 30, ready to start, to start running right then. And, um, my first two weeks with my, the group I'm in now, I mean, Shalane will tell you, she's like, you look like hell for like two weeks. You just look like hell. I was like, yeah, I was so tired because I was still going to bed at like 1231 and I was getting up at 645 and I was like, oh my God, like I'm dying. But then now that I've adjusted to it, it actually works a lot better. So I'm usually in bed by 10, but I am the kind of person that will read for like an hour before I fall asleep. But I'm usually in bed at 10. That's amazing to me that after all you do in a day, you can still read for an hour. I mean, I like, <laughs> I started I off, it. I was like, like my me. little carrot time, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I think we all love that. But I mean, I started a new book last night. I think I'm on page four, maybe, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'll be reading and I'll be rereading the page and rereading the page. And then I'm like, why am I fighting this? Like, clearly I need to be sleeping right now, but, uh, I enjoy my little read time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I love this next question from, uh, Kelly in Chi-Town. Um, what goes through your mind when running a race? Does your mind wander like average folks? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why sometimes I've gotten more and more into wearing sunglasses, especially in road races because they're longer. So my mind, um, wanders even more. And I, I find myself like making eye contact with people, like, (laughs) on the side of the road or if someone has like a poster that says go care I'm like giving them thumbs up and then I'm like what what am I doing like I'm running the Olympic trials right now you know or I'm running the Boston Marathon like why am I I'm like look at that cute little girl and so yeah like my mind definitely wanders and it's something I've had to work on quite a bit but I mean my mind is always wandering I'm thinking about like what am I going to make for lunch what should we have for dinner you know like after my hard workout am I going to go for cookies or am I going to go for brownies and I mean <laughs> it, it is what it is but I've worked really hard on like when I have to focus in focus in and actually my coach Jerry says that's his like biggest annoyance with me is he can watch me work out and he can literally see the point where I start thinking about what I'm going to do later or <laughs> what I'm going to do with Cole over the weekend and he's like you'd like literally just zone out and I know you're not even here anymore and huh. then he's like and that's usually where my workout might suffer a bit. And then I like snap back into it. So we've really, that's actually something I've really been working on this particular year is being more focused, like trying not to let my mind wander, especially when I'm at like a hard session. So does he call you on it or how do like this, this working on it? I mean, how do you work on it? Does he say, Kara, where are you? Or do you say, yeah, he'll okay, say get back where you are? Or? He's like, don't zone out. He's like, stay here. You know, like, like basically I don't want to lose you, you know? And, um, <laughs> I had a workout last Thursday before I flew here and he couldn't be at it. And I was giving him the splits and there was one mile that was just like an outlier. And he was like, yeah, you, you stopped paying attention. I was like, yeah, yeah. I started thinking about like 
how quickly I was going to have to turn around when I got home for it to, I had to catch the airplane. And um, <laughs> so it's like, but I've gotten better, but it is kind of a weakness of mine. And, but I think it's normal. Like on my everyday runs, I'm just like chatty Kathy. I mean, Shalane and Emily and I are just chatting away and it makes it go by quicker. I don't feel like I need to be like focusing, but I definitely, it's a little bit of a problem where my mind wanders a little bit too much, like in hard efforts at times. Huh. Well, so, so this is a similar question, but Jen, Jen wants to know, I mean, how do you stay mentally tough? How do you, maybe not when your mind is wandering, but I mean, you know, how do you embrace that pain that you know is going to come at mile, well, probably before mile 19 of a marathon for you, but I mean, you know, like, you know, it's coming. How do you say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Well, I think a big part of it is like acknowledging that it's going to come. I think a lot of people get, are like, I'm in such great shape. This is the best shape of my life. Like this is going to feel so much easier than it has in the past. And like, you're just fooling yourself, you know, like it's always going to hurt. And even if you're fitter, then you're going to be running harder. So that point's always going to come. So I think like just acknowledging that it's going to come. And then for me, it's going back to times in practice where like, I just felt terrible, but I still pushed through and I still completed the task. And maybe I didn't knock the workout like out of the park, but I stayed with it and I got everything I could out of myself. And so for me, it's like, I really do that quite a bit the night before races, I go back and I look through my training log and I'm like, wow, like more often than not, I was badass and I chose to finish the workout and I chose to like push through it. And that helps me then in the race. Cause I can think back to those times where I was really uncomfortable and really unhappy, but I made the decision to, to keep pushing through. Nice. Love that you use the word badass cause badass, badass <laughs> mother runners, Walmart's catchphrases. So it's a good job. Um, um, so, and I have to ask, um, if you have any new mantras, because when, um, I interviewed you a couple of years ago for the New York times, you said the word believe was one of your mantras. And, and then I ended up um, stealing it from you in a race I did. Yeah. And, um, and so I wanted to know, is it still, does that st- word still resonate with you or do you have another word or phrase that fuels you during a tough run or a race? No, I mean, I, I love the word believe. I think it kind of like encompasses like hope and faith in yourself and everything. So that's actually one of my favorite words, but I do kind of have a different mantra going for Boston this year. And, um, I haven't, I've only shared it with Nike because they're putting it in my shoes, but I'll tell you right now, um, it's have the courage to believe. And that's kind of a mantra that I've told myself during workouts this year, especially in the last month where things are starting to turn around. And I'm just like, I need to have the courage to believe in myself and to believe that this is possible. But so I still have believe, but I've kind of added courage to it to be courageous enough to believe that it is possible for me to do these big things. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Sarah, just so you know, you, you, Sarah's spreading that belief mantra far and wide. It's part of the talk that we give at a lot of expos. And so she tosses the Kara, like the ultimate mother runner. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So do I. So, um, so thank you for that. It's a great, great word. So, um, so let's, 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 you know, take a step back from believing and, and, um, and just talk about food and brownies (laughs) and cookies. Um, Eileen Wright, um, wants to know, are you constantly hungry? How did you, um, you know, manage fueling. Eileen runs 40 mile weeks and she wants to eat all the time. So if you're running, you know, 80, hundred mile weeks, what are you doing? I am hungry a lot. Yes. Um, during the day, you know, I, I eat a lot. I, but I am always like a little bit worried about how my stomach's going to feel like on my second workout or during my workout. So even though I'm eating a lot during the day, I'm definitely more careful, like, morning and afternoon. And then dinner is just like, no holds bar, like, (laughs) you know, so it's not that I'm not getting enough calories, but I'm just being making like safer choices. Uh And then I mean, I love dinner time, I I cook dinner, 
pretty much every night of the week, except for, unless it's like a Chipotle night, um, but, or a sushi night. But other than that, like I cook, I enjoy cooking. I enjoy the process of making the food. I enjoy, it's really silly, but I enjoy watching Adam take a bite and go, mm, this is good. You know, <laughs> yeah, okay. rare, every once in a while in a blue moon when Colt will say delicious, but usually he doesn't <laughs> say that. Um, I enjoy that whole process and I like, I just really enjoy dinner time. And, and, and for us, it's, it's a big family time as well. So, but I am, I am hungry a lot. I am constantly like nibbling on this or nibbling on that. And, uh, then at night it's like, I can't, I can't get enough food. You know, like I eat dinner, I feed cold, get him down. And then it's usually like, now what am I going to pop some popcorn? Am I going to make a healthy choice and eat some fruit and maybe pop some popcorn? Or am I just going to go for it and have like a hot fudge sundae and, you know, what are some of your favorite meals you like to make? Um, I, so I just like to try new things all the time. And, uh, I mean, just the other night it was like, for me, a ridiculously healthy meal, but it was before our marathon day. So I like roasted an acorn squash and then I sauteed some zucchini and squash together. And then I baked some chicken and then I made like a quinoa pilaf. Mm. So, but I was like, I was experimenting with like ultimate carb loading and that was like a little bit, I mean, I don't want to mislead you. That's a little bit more healthy than I would normally <laughs> eat. Like I, Adam was like, wow, this is good. But like, I feel like, whoa, what's going on right now? So, <laughs> you know, I'm running a marathon tomorrow. I thought I'd make some really good choices, but I like to, I eat a lot of pasta. I know like a lot of people are afraid of pasta, but I eat a lot of whole wheat pasta. I eat a lot of quinoa like salads we love mexican so we'll grill and then like make tostadas with avocado and tomato and lettuce and we just oh and i like love making pizzas as well thin crust pizzas we make pizzas all the time another food that people are afraid of but i'm like yeah use thin crust and you load the veggies and it's sensational Mm -hmm. i'm starting to get hungry Um, (laughs) and then um how about hydration so hydration's key and and you know it's funny i've been running for so long but there's so many things that i haven't really paid attention to in the past. So I'm definitely paying more attention to my hydration this year. And, um, I've started to drink like a ton of noon, um, mm. which I know you guys know what that is. Yes, and we love noon too. Yeah. So I've been working on that more and more. And you know, I've always had problems with drinking in workouts and races. Um, I've worked on it a lot more, especially under Jerry. So I'm better at it, but I have a hard time with the sweetness of, um, most sports drinks and I've worked on it, worked on it. So now I can do it more, but I don't necessarily enjoy it. So I actually have just started trying, you know, just water and gels when I'm working out hard and Mm. I take the gel right away. And then the water goes down so easy for me. So I'm kind of always tinkering with it, but I, I've realized that's kind of a piece in the puzzle that I could do better at. Um, I mean, I would always drink like a lot of water. I've always drank a lot of water, but I was realizing that I'm not necessarily getting the benefit of my hydration all the time because I wasn't, getting electrolytes in with it. So I've been working on that a lot more this year. So what's your favorite noon flavor? Uh, grape. Oh. Mm, I yeah, and it's mm. confusing because they sent it to me and I was like super excited. And then I put it in my water bottle and it was yellow. <laughs> right. It like, must have been mislabeled. And then I drank it and I was like, mm, no, 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 that's good. It's <laughs> that's, great. that's great. <laughs> that's funny. I've never noticed that. That's, that's, a, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, you just expect it to look like a melted popsicle, and it's like, oh no, there's not like all that artificial stuff in there. So, right. <laughs> um, cool. Well, so so you mentioned that you're going to go four more years. I mean, we want to know: are, are you are you going to gun for the 2016 Olympics? And if so, would you do the marathon? I think so. Yeah, I think you know, like I, I'm tossing the idea around of going back to the track this summer, but it kind of just depends on how I come off Boston. 
Um, but I'm also, so in the past, I just wanted to do everything. You know, I want to run a spring marathon. I want to run track. I want to run a fall marathon. And maybe I want to do some indoor races. And now I'm just like a little bit older and I'm just realizing you can't, you can't do everything forever. And if I really want to make it till 2016 or even 2017, I need to make smarter choices and kind of listen to my body more. So, um, I, like I said, I'm, I, I don't want to be done with the track. I feel like I still have a little bit of unfinished business there. And last year, about a month out from the Olympics, my track sessions were going amazingly well. And I know I know I could have PR'd at that point in the 10,000 meters. So mm-hmm. I'm still intrigued by that, getting another PR in the 10K, maybe making one more world championship team. But I also feel like I am kind of on this journey in the marathon. And when I switched to Jerry's group, I really kind of decided to dedicate myself to that distance. So I think Rio would be a marathon. You know, I still have, I had two really big goals and one was to win an Olympic medal and one was to win a major. And, you know, I, I, I think that probably the Olympic medal part has passed me by. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't make another Olympic team, but I just, I'm a realist and I feel like maybe that dream has passed me by, but I feel like I can still win a major. I just feel like there's still so much more room for me to improve in the marathon. So that's kind of like what's getting me out of bed in the morning and, still really motivating me is, is to win a major. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Well, and then the final question, um, is from diaper derby mama and, um, sort of <laughs> relates to what you were alluding to. And some of the, in the previous answers, um, she'd like you to share your 2013 appearance schedules. Um, cause, um, she says we'd love to watch slash cheer you on. <laughs> so do you know what I, you're going to be running? I really don't. Um, I hate to say it because I just have to leave it open right now. But I mean, in a perfect world, I would run Boston, come off it amazing, um, run the track trials in Des Moines, make the team, maybe do one race to prep there, race the world champs in Moscow, and then come back and do some, you know, half marathons in the fall and then culminate with a great marathon. Mm. Uh, But, you know, I don't know, that just might be too much. So I'm just going to kind of have to see. Uh, I'm kind of willing to take a few risks this year because I raced very sparingly last year and there is no Olympics or world championships on the track next year. So I kind of feel like next year I could back off a bit if I need to. So I'm willing to take a few more risks this year, but at the same time, only if I feel great. So I really don't have anything on the calendar right now after Boston. So and where, do, where do you, for people to, to know where, when they can see you, I mean, should they be following, you know, at Kara Goucher or um, do you still post on your website or... Well, I don't have a website. So there was like a Kara Goucher website that I actually didn't own, but oh. I do. Well, how, about um, your, how about your competitor blog? Um, so I don't really, I just really use Twitter and Facebook now. Mm-hmm. Um, my Twitter's linked to my Facebook and you know what? It's good that you brought this up because I've been told this before. I need to let people know when I'm going to be racing. And so I will do a better job. Mm-hmm. Like I went and raced in Minnesota and, um, my friends were like calling me the night before. They're like, are you in town? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm racing tomorrow. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, we wouldn't have even seen you, you know? And then instead they got up and watched me run by their houses. And they're like, you're literally running by our house. Like, you have a problem. You need to tell us. <laughs> so um, I'm going to do a better job of telling people where I'm racing from now on out. Oh, good. We, okay. didn't, we didn't mean to guilt you, but... Um, okay, yeah, no, it's yeah. actually good. It's like, well, I need to What we want to do, do is add to your list because there's nothing else you need to do, you know, run 100 miles. <laughs> we take care of a kid, travel a lot. And now, now put your Facebook better, please, would you? <laughs> I will. I'll do a better job, I all right well awesome well thank you so much kara it was really fun talking with you yeah we are cheering for you hard 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 in boston yeah we sure are all the mother runners are pushing you across that finish line thank you i really appreciate it you guys are awesome good thanks bye-bye
Bye. Oh my gosh, I loved how chatty she is and how just real and approachable. I mean, I guess I shouldn't expect anything less coming from a Minnesota girl who, you know, rounds her miles up just like me. So, you know, we got a lot in common. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, separated at birth, Kara Goucher, Dimity McDowell. Oh. <laughs> So, well, yeah, I mean, I think runners as a rule are pretty humble. I mean, they are, you know, but somebody like that who is obviously at the top of her sport, you know, an Olympian. And I just love any one of us could walk up to her and she would just be smiley and chatty. And I mean, I want to run with her, except for that. I can't run 645 miles. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I have to say, but, you know, I've interviewed her a number of times in person. And but when I got here to the studio, I was like, oh, either I'm cold or I'm nervous. And then <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as we started talking, I'm like, oh, she's just a mother runner, just like the rest of us. <laughs> So that was that was a lot of fun. So um, please visit us on our website, anothermotherrunner.com. Uh, more chatting can be had at on Facebook, Run Like a Mother the Book. We're on Twitter at, at the Mother Runner. And please look for our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother on Amazon.com. Uh, thanks and many happy miles. 